This is the Bible in one year, day 256. Jesus Christ lives in you. I brought in a boxing glove as a visual aid. I dangled the glove and showed how ineffective it was without a hand in it. Then I put my hand in the glove, made a fist and punched the air so that everyone could see the difference it made to the power of the glove. I was speaking at a prison for teenagers in Oxford. I was a theological student at the time and was given the opportunity to speak in a chapel service. The prison chaplain at the detention centre, who was helping with my training, pointed out that it was an inappropriate illustration for a prison, since it might suggest that Jesus and violence were closely associated. Apart from that, he agreed that it was a good analogy. What I was trying to illustrate was the difference it makes when Jesus Christ comes to live in you by his Spirit. Without him, we are weak, like the glove without the hand in it. But when Jesus Christ comes to live within you, you have God's power in your life. If you realize this, it will transform the way you live your life. From Proverbs 22 30 Sayings of the Wise Saying 1. Pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips. So that your trust may be in the Lord, I teach you today, even you. Have I not written thirty sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth, so that you bring back truthful reports to those you serve. Saying 2. Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court, for the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life. Saying 3. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Saying 4. Do not be one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Fill your heart with God's wisdom. How healthy is your heart? Have you filled it with God's wisdom? Just as what you put in your mouth affects the health of your body, what you put in your heart really matters. The writer urges you to keep the wisdom of God's word in your heart, to treasure its sweetness deep within, to have it ready on your lips so that your foundation is trust in God. As you learn the wisdom of scripture, for example, by memorizing Bible verses, your trust in the Lord is deepened. He then lists 30 principles tested guidelines to live by. These are 30 truths that work, the first few of which are in today's passage. First, how you treat the poor and needy. Be kind. Don't exploit them. Don't crush them. Second, how to avoid becoming ensnared by anger and a bad temper. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. Third, warning against gambling and practical advice on how to avoid getting into debt. Don't put up security for other people's debts. These sayings are wise principles that help you to live well. 
The heart of wisdom is more than good advice. It's about putting your trust in the Lord. In the New Testament, we learn that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Because Jesus lives in you, you have the wisdom of God in your heart. Lord, thank you that you live in my heart by your spirit. Thank you for the power of the word of God. Help me to read it, learn it, meditate on it, and have your words ready on my lips that my trust may be in you, the Lord Jesus Christ. New Testament from 2 Corinthians 13. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. And now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Realize that Christ Jesus is in you. Do you realize that Christ Jesus lives within you? The Apostle Paul had no doubt that Jesus Christ was living in him. He realized that in the words he spoke to the Corinthians, Christ is speaking through me. Paul had the advantage of meeting the risen Jesus. He was able to write with great confidence to be sure he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, but by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. Self-examination is important and is totally different from self-condemnation. He urges them to examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. The purpose of self-examination is 
so that we can see what is wrong in our lives, admit it, turn from it, and be set free by Jesus. Paul urged the Corinthians to realise that just as Jesus Christ lived in him, so too Jesus Christ is in you. Paul talks far more often about us being in Christ than Christ in us. Nevertheless, the passages in which he puts it the other way around are remarkable. In Colossians, Paul writes, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And here too, he writes about Christ being in you and the difference it makes. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? This is what turns our weakness into strength. This is why he prayed for their perfection and was able to urge them to aim for perfection. Of course, none of us will reach perfection in this life. Being a perfectionist is unhealthy. But we can all aim to live in a perfect relationship with God and with one another. He appealed to them, be of one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. How is this possible? Paul ends with the words of the grace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The whole Trinity is involved. It's the amazing grace of Jesus that enables us to be constantly forgiven and cleansed. It's the extravagant love of God the Father filling our hearts that enables us to aim for perfect love. It's the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in us that enables imperfect people to grow into maturity and one day see him face to face. Only then will we reach perfection. Lord, thank you that you live within me. May your amazing grace flow out of everything I do. Fill me today with the knowledge of your extravagant love and the intimate friendship of your Holy Spirit. Old Testament from Isaiah 30 to 32 People of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, Away with you. He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground, and the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. In that day your cattle will graze in broad meadows, the oxen and donkeys that work the soil will eat fodder and mash, spread out with fork and shovel. In the day of great slaughter, when the towers fall, streams of water will flow on every high mountain and every lofty hill. The moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. See, the name of the Lord comes from afar, with burning anger and dense clouds of smoke. His lips are full of wrath, and his tongue is a consuming fire. His breath 
is like a rushing torrent rising up to the neck. He shakes the nations in the sieve of destruction. He places in the jaws of the peoples a bit that leads them astray. And you will sing as on the night you celebrate a holy festival. Your hearts will rejoice as when people playing pipes go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. The Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloudburst, thunderstorm and hail. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of tambourines and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. Topheth has long been prepared. It has been made ready for the king. Its fire pit has been made deep and wide with an abundance of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of burning sulphur, sets it ablaze. Isaiah chapter 31 Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Yet he too is wise and can bring disaster. He does not take back his words. He will rise up against that wicked nation, against those who help evildoers. But the Egyptians are mere mortals and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, those who help will stumble. Those who are helped will fall. All will perish together. This is what the Lord says to me. As a lion growls, a great lion over its prey, and though a whole band of shepherds is called together against it, it is not frightened by their shouts or disturbed by their clamor. So the Lord Almighty will come down to do battle on Mount Zion and on its heights. Like birds hovering overhead, the Lord Almighty will shield Jerusalem. He will shield it and deliver it. He will pass over it and will rescue it. Return, you Israelites, to the one you have so greatly revolted against. For in that day every one of you will reject the idols of silver and gold your sinful hands have made. Assyria will fall by no human sword. A sword not of mortals will devour them. They will flee before the sword, and their young men will be put to forced labor. Their stronghold will fall because of terror. At the sight of the battle standard, their commanders will panic. Declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 32 See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind, and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert, and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen.
The fearful heart will know and understand, and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. No longer will the fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly respected. For fools speak folly. Their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. The hungry they leave empty, and from the thirsty they withhold water. Scoundrels use wicked methods. They make up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. You women who are so complacent, rise up and listen to me. You daughters who feel secure, hear what I have to say. In little more than a year, you who feel secure will tremble. The grape harvest will fail, and the harvest of fruit will not come. Tremble, you complacent women. Shudder, you daughters who feel secure. Strip off your fine clothes and wrap yourself in rags. Beat your breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vines, and for the land of my people. A land overgrown with thorns and briars. Yes, mourn for all houses of merriment and for this city of revelry. The fortress will be abandoned. The noisy city deserted. Citadel and watchtower will become a wasteland forever. The delight of donkeys, a pasture for flocks. Till the spirit is poured on us from on high, and the desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. The Lord's justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness live in the fertile field. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Though hail flattens the forest and the city is leveled completely, how blessed you will be, sowing your seed by every stream and letting your cattle and donkeys range free. Know God's love poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's the result of Pentecost that the Spirit of Christ comes to live within you. God's love for you is poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. It's his Spirit who gives you the realization that you are a child of God and that Christ lives in you. In this passage, Isaiah sees six pictures of God. First, teacher. The Lord is your teacher. He teaches you through the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. It's often through the hard times in our lives that we learn the most. Jesus described himself as your Lord and teacher. Second guide, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you along the narrow road that leads to life. Third, healer. The Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds. So often when people meet Jesus for the first time, they experience healing of hurt and pain from the past. This healing is a lifelong process. Fourth, king. Jesus is the king who will rule in the right way and his leaders will carry out justice. He rules our lives through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Fifth, wisdom. He's the source of our wisdom. 
Isaiah warns against trusting in our own strength rather than looking to the Holy One of Israel and seeking help from the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the source of wisdom in our lives. Sixth, mother. He's like a mother bird who will shield Jerusalem and deliver it. God is both a father and a mother to us. The Holy Spirit is often associated with the feminine side of God's nature. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes to live within you. The prophet Isaiah seems to have caught a glimpse of the day of Pentecost when the Spirit is poured down on us from above. The Spirit is poured upon us from on high. Justice, righteousness, peace, quietness and confidence forever, secure, undisturbed, places of rest. How blessed you will be. The outpouring of the Spirit leads to great fruitfulness, righteousness and peace, quietness, confidence, security and rest. It leads to generous sowing and freedom. God promises that if you walk by the Holy Spirit, you will enjoy great blessings in this life and into eternity. Lord, thank you for the privilege of living in the age of the Spirit, an age that the prophet Isaiah only glimpsed. Thank you that now I can experience it to the full as Jesus Christ lives within me by his Spirit. Pepper adds, In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. I'm always interested that the voice is behind you and not ahead of you. You have to take that step of faith, not necessarily knowing where you're going. You may be stepping out into the unknown, but as you do so, you're listening very carefully to that voice just behind you, whispering in your ear, saying, keep going. This is the way.